Morning Show with Blaze Tambor. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pitch Blitz Morning Show. Champions League Match Week 3 is all wrapped up. Who of all the teams in Europe would you put into your starting 11 so far? And then England, everything seems to be going so well for Arsenal and City. Can the rest of the top flight clubs fight for a top five spot? Liverpool struggling to find form while their defense has been subpar. Holland makes history once again, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, everybody. So before we start, I want to introduce two of soccer's best to come on the pod today. They've both been on the podcast previously. Sebastian Penna and Kieran, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Hey. So, gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about on this fine October evening. Uh, Match week three in the Champions League is all wrapped up, um, but I think the biggest story of them all currently is Liverpool's form uh, and their failure to perform on the biggest stages. I'm going to go right off the bat, and I'm going to throw this one to Kieran. Uh, So, in your opinion, and we've talked about this several times before, um, Jurgen Klopp has always relied on his current team. He very rarely goes out and buys players. Tiago and Luis Diaz were kind of, you know, the only players that he signed that turned out good for him. Um, Do you think that his inactivity in the transfer market is finally catching up to him? That was so nice of you to start with me. Um, So, first of all, the only two signings that have ever worked out for him are Luis Diaz and Tiago. I mean, let's just, I mean, he started, he started, you see the team he started with in 2015, he signed all of these guys. So um, let's just put it there. But the, in recent years, if you want to say that, I'll correct you, even though. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's catching up, but it's totally the, a huge problem so far this season because the midfield needed to be addressed and the difference between, because they have the money. I'm tired of hearing that they don't have the money. They have the money. And uh, yeah, the midfield needed to be addressed and they didn't do anything about it. And that's what's coming back to kill us right now. I mean, I, if we get into like their struggles overall, like Premier League and Champions League, but mostly Premier League, well, uh, I think it's mainly the defense, and I'll say that, but the midfield is definitely – it's getting better with now everyone coming back kind of from the injuries. Like, Tiago coming back was huge. And now um, they kind of played a different formation. Jota was kind of playing like an attacking midfield last game, and I think they looked a lot better. So now that everyone's coming back, the midfield's totally getting better. But they – I don't know why they didn't <clears throat> go for Bellingham. I think he's like – I think they needed a box-to-box guy. And he would have been the perfect, I think, the perfect fit. And I know he's going to be crazy expensive, but that's what you do. And uh, they have the money, and now they're like, oh, next summer. But then now everyone's going to go for him. So uh, they, they blew it on the midfield, this uh, transfer window, but they got to figure it out. Yeah, and they're really not in bad form in the Champions League. I mean, they've only lost one game. Um, but I mean, their performance yesterday, yes, it was against a poorer side in Rangers. Um, 
But they only sit three points behind Napoli right now in their group and three points above Ajax. I I think they're fine in, in the Champions League currently, uh, but I do think that their their Premier League woes um, are are significantly and drastically hurting them. I want to touch on Trent Alexander-Arnold first. Um, as we know, he's obviously one of the best right-backs that England has ever seen, let alone Liverpool. He's gotten a lot, a lot of praise in the last three to four years. He's a young stud. He's coming up in the program. He's, you know, Liverpool's future. This year, he's kind of slipped a little bit. Um, and it's kind of crazy because his, quote-unquote, slipped is another person's, you know, excellent start. It's another person's, wow, they're playing really well. So that's kind of props to, to Trent Alexander-Arnold that uh, him doing quote-unquote poor is still very good. It's just his expectations and standards are very high. However, I don't like the center backs at Liverpool. I Virgil van Dijk, I applaud him. But he cannot find a partnership that works for Klopp and himself. They're, whether it's Joel Matip, whether it's Joe Gomez back there, I feel like anytime I watch Virgil van, Virgil van Dyke back there, something goes wrong. And it's and it's usually not Virgil's fault, but I think the players that Klopp decides to put in the back are not players that are going to clear the ball off the line and man mark on a corner kick in the final minutes. The, that's not the type of, of center backs that Liverpool currently have. Um, and so I, I think when you look at the squad... Maybe, I mean, Samikas was a brilliant signing. I really liked to see that guy shine yesterday. Um, but I think they need to do something in the in the transfer market to get a, a, a new center back. Um, who that will be, I'm not sure because there's not many on the market right now. I thought, you know, there was a slim chance they were going to sign Jules Koundé, uh, but Chelsea and Barcelona got in the way of that signing. Um so yeah, I mean their their form is struggling, um, and they currently sit ninth. Fulham, 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 the team that was just promoted this year, is above them in the table. Granted, they've only played seven games and they have a game in hand. They currently sit eleven points. I'm sorry, is that eleven? Yes, eleven points off of first place. Do you see them? Do you see them coming back this this season to? I'm not even going to say a Champions League spot because I think that's very likely. But do you think they're they're going to be title contenders? Uh, so I'll let Sebastian go after this because this is this is the topic. I've, I've been I've been I couldn't sleep last night thinking about this. Uh, <clears throat> so th- I'm going to address their, your 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 points. So you can ask anybody, any of my friends that don't even watch soccer that I'm the biggest Trent Alexander-Arnold <clears throat> defender in the world. He can't defend. I love him. He's the be- one of the best talents, like you said, ever. Like that you've – not even like just the Premier League. In terms of the way he can pass the ball, and it, no, you, you've seen very few people that can do what he can on the ball, but he just can't defend. And that's – and he, that's, he just needs to work on that. Like in, and it's always been kind of known that he can't defend. It's always like – Oh, like him versus Reese James. And it's like, yeah, Reese James is just a better defender, but it doesn't matter to the players because he works better 
because if you throw Trent into another system, he's not going to be as good in any other system than he is in this system because of how he lets his wingbacks go up. But um, the center back, we, we have the guy, and it's Kanate, and he's out. And when, when Virgin Kanate play, they have never lost. <clears throat> I think that's the stat. I think the only time they ever lost as a starting was the Champions League final. I don't know if they were in the same – what do you remember? Um, but how many games was that that they played together? I think it was like, um, it's not as many. It's not as many as it should be. But when they are on the field together, they are, they have not lost. And so when he's he's been injured, and they uh, you've been reading all these things when he's back in training, everything's great. So he's gonna come back. He's gonna he's gonna slip in there, and they're gonna figure it out. And your question was, can they? Are they going to be able to figure it out? And the answer is yes. But there's, um, I, I'll be honest, they play Arsenal this on Sunday. This is the first time I've been nervous to play Arsenal in like seven years because Arsenal looks amazing. And if we play like we have been against Arsenal and then City's the following weekend, oh, I don't even. But <clears throat> I, I, I think they're going to figure it out. Kanate's going to come back. I, do they need to get someone else? Maybe. But uh, I think that he's they're they're gonna figure it out. You know they're gonna figure it out. That's what I keep saying, but they will. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've been a little hesitant to jump in just because you know I know Kieran's a super big Liverpool fan, so I wanted him to put his two cents in there, defend his team. Um, as for as for defense, you know, for the past five years, anytime anyone ever said anything about. Liverpool defense, it was, they're a wall. You can't get past them. You know, Van Dijk has for, has consistently for the past like five years has been the best, if not top three best center backs in the world. Um, I just think, you know, Klopp and the rest of the team just have to figure out their chemistry this season. Um, you know, it's only been like what, eight games in the prem. Um, it's still really early. So, you know, I think once they get the chemistry back, They'll get the ball uh, rolling again. Um, They only sit ninth. Um, It's very comfortable to say that they'll make top four um, by the end of the season. Uh, My prediction is they're going to get second in the Prem, maybe third. Um, That's just just me having optimism because I know that this team does have what it takes to get to that spot. I mean – Brighton coming out of nowhere and being in fourth right now above Chelsea, Man United, Newcastle. Um, good on them, but uh, in my opinion, I don't think it lasts super long. Um, but yeah, I think I think Liverpool has what it takes to to get up there. They just need to figure out their chemistry and um, put the guys in that. How like how Kieran said, you know, those two in the back are unstoppable when they play together. It's just a matter of playing together. So it's just getting them in there and having the playing time. So do you favor Manchester City winning the league? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think I think I think Man City with the team that they have is very very solid. Don't get me wrong, Arsenal is going to put in a very good fight for that top two. I mean, again, it is still only really early in the season, but if they continue playing the way that they're playing, I think um, Man City and Arsenal are going to have a long battle 
long war actually this whole season is just gonna be a series of battles to lead up to the end of this uh 2022 2023 uh war so i think it'll be a good one yeah and i honestly i mean you mentioned the the top four um i want to just stretch that into the top five just because we we need to address brighton chelsea and tottenham uh manchester united they're just playing the worst that they've played in a very long time um, their 6-3 defeat to Manchester City, yeah, City's a great side. They have a lot of talent. Um, but in this Manchester derby, I said it in the in my last podcast, Sir Alex Ferguson said, as long as Manchester City and United play, City will never be the favorite. And for the last four or five Manchester derbies, City has been favorite. So Ten Hag was kind of thrown into a, wolf, a pack of wolves uh, when he took over this position. Uh, you really can't blame f- him for what's happening to the to the organization because really the organization it's not just the players it's not just the coaches it's it's the entire organization. Um, Manchester United is not going to they're not even going to get fifth place. Um, that's not even going to be a talking point. Um, but I want to talk about Arsenal a little bit real quick. I don't think Arsenal. Um, is going to finish inside the top three. Uh, I find them in fourth. Uh, I think when you see teams similar to Arsenal start the way they start, they've only lost one game out of eight matches. Um, I I can't I I can't see them continuing this run of form until May. Um, this team will falter. This team will pick up injuries. This team will struggle. I mean, they're they're young, and I I love Michael Arteta. He's he came from Manchester City, but personally, I really don't think that Arsenal um, have that veteran mentality of we've been here before. We know what it's like to have this happen to us. We need to uh, keep our composure. We need to stay confident. You know, I think Emil Smith Rowe and Bukayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli, those guys are all younger than 23 years old. They've never been in this position before. So I think it's really only a matter of time that we see Arsenal kind of slipping in in uh, results, both in the Premier League and in the Europa League. Um, so I find them sitting comfortably in fourth place. Um, yeah, that's where I see Manchester City. I think they're fine. Um you know, Erling Haaland is—it's actually just sickening, um, just how he scores. Uh, and and I mean, if you put Kevin De Bruyne on another team, similar to Kieran, what you said about Trent, if you put Erling Haaland on another team, he wouldn't do the same. There's no way about it. He's out of eight games in Dortmund. His first eight games. Uh, he only scored, I'm sorry, 11 games. He scored eight goals in his first 11 games. City, he scored 17 goals in 11 games. So when you have playmakers on the side like Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundawan, Jack Grealish, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, Rodri, Joao Cancelo, you know, I, I, I'm probably missing someone because they just stacked the lineup, but. Um, Manchester City is dominant. They're going to win the league. Um, 
Sitting currently in third place is Tottenham, and this weekend Tottenham and Brighton face off against each other. Brighton sits in fourth place. This will be a a great affair. Um, After Graham Potter left Brighton to take over the position at Chelsea, I think it's kind of given Brighton the the boost that they needed um, to remind them that nothing's permanent. And coaches leave just like players leave clubs. Um, so I think Brighton has a very young squad. They've always stayed inside that top 10 within the last three to four years. Uh, and I think this could be their year to be a true contender. Uh, I'm not saying title contender, but I'm saying maybe fifth, fourth, potentially third. I really like the way they play. Um, they build up from the back. They don't let bigger sides, top flight clubs, uh, take control of them. Um so with only eight goals allowed, uh, that's tied for the least amount of goals allowed this season. So, Kieran, do you think that Brighton has a shot at actually staying inside the top five come May? No, <laughs> no, <clears throat> I don't. No, I thought, hey, listen, all your points, all the points you just made were beautiful, and you you sounded like just like such a true uh, appreciator of the sport, and. Uh, but no, they won't finish the top five. <laughs> um, I just think uh, they they do actually have like I was watching that game. Uh, I mean, they honestly they probably shouldn't have beat they probably should have beaten Liverpool. I also had some crazy saves and they that first half they played really bad. But um, <clears throat> like Trossard, I know he had three goals, but he he just looked like really good. And I think he, he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to get signed somewhere uh, by the end of the season, which is unfortunate for them. But um, I just don't they, – they, they, they play really well in, in, the, in the league. And like you said, they've finished in the top ten every year. But I just think once – as the season goes on, we're going to have that World Cup break soon. And it's just a long season. I just don't see them maintaining this – They've had to work to stay in fourth pretty hard, and you got to maintain that over the, the entire season. And I just don't see them. Um, I don't see them making it. City's going to win again. Um, let's not pretend like it's going to be like a it's going to be a tough race like it was last year because it wasn't. Uh, it's not, or it's not going to be. Uh, but yeah. Brighton will not. Brighton will not be in the top five. And City will just. We're going to win comfortably. I mean, how you you've had uh, this passion. Have you signed the uh, the? Have you seen the um? What's the word? <clears throat> the one of the you know, there's these things those things you sign online and that, that like something will happen. It has like four hundred thousand signatures. Petition. Oh, petition. Petition. Petition to get Holland out of the petition for Holland to uh, take Holland out of the league for being not being human. It has like it has like five hundred thousand signatures from English fans, so yeah, I, I signed it. That. So I don't know if I signed it. I think you should hop on that if you want. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that sounds that sounds really fun. I mean, the guy. I saw I saw a stat uh, the other day. He broke a record for three uh, the first the the quickest uh, Premier League player to get three hat tricks like in a certain amount of games. Eight games. It took him eight games. The second person, 48 games. Like, that is absurd. When, in my opinion, Premier League is the hardest – the English Premier League is the hardest league, is the toughest league 
in Europe, in the world, in my opinion. You know, if we, when you look at other countries, sure, they have big name teams, but it's always the same three teams in those. Don't get me wrong. Like Premier League's probably been like the same three teams like the past three years, past five years. But there's always so much more contention, always so much more competition in, in the English Premier League. But that stat just blew me away when I heard that. I mean, he's he's not human, um, and in the in the building up to the game against Manchester United, uh, Eric Ten Hag said that he's playing against Manchester City, not against Erling Haaland, because everyone was making a big fuss about you know having Erling Haaland just destroy the, his defense, and he said, "I don't, I'm not worried about Haaland. I'm worried about beating Manchester City." Well. He probably should have worried about Holland a little bit more because the dude is just unreal. Um, and like I mentioned earlier with with KDB in the midfield, it's been about four goals this season where De Bruyne is outside the box or on the right wing, and he just whips it into the box. No one's there, and then all of a sudden, Holland just gets his foot to it. And it's it's just unreal just how Holland just expects the ball. And everyone says, you know, all he does is just sit there and score. If that's all he does, then why doesn't everyone else do it? If it's so easy to, to score a goal and score three hat-tricks in eight games, then why doesn't everyone else do it? Erling Holland has the skill to just expect the ball and the anticipation to know where the keeper's going to be, where the where the defenders are going to be. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, he's an unreal talent. Um, but I also I want to just touch on uh, Tottenham Hotspur real quick. Uh, do you guys see them finishing inside the top four, Kieran? Um, the top four, probably, probably fourth. But like, they're gonna they they blow it every year. Like they 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 just lost. Um, did they lose the Champions League? I did. I gotta start paying attention. I'm like. Told you, I've been all over the place. The that last Champions League game, didn't they just? Uh... They they just lost to the last Champions League game. They tied nil nil. Oh, they tied Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna blow it again. And but they, they uh... but but they lost to Arsenal three one in the North London derby. Yeah, uh, that, that, the the red card was tough for sure in that game. Um, but yeah, I, they're just. Um, I think it's just a classic Conte team where he comes in and they have a great start and he um, is, he's a great manager, but he, he does, it's the same thing. And it's the same thing with Mourinho. It's with these managers that they've been on how many different clubs because they do the same thing where it's, they come in and everyone's like, Oh my God, they're man. I forgot how good this guy was. And he's looking at how he's changing, like how Son and the defense plays. And then they're going to get through halfway through the season and they're going to lose like five straight or like draw one and lose four. And they're going to want to get rid of them again. So it's, it's just, <clears throat> yeah, these managers like Conte and Mourinho in the Premier League, they always, except early Mourinho, that's, uh, that's, he was, he was amazing. But like this, this new, this new, like when he went to Man United and uh, like, I just don't, and then went to Tottenham, like they, they do like a month of, great greatness and then they, they just are going to fall off again and i feel bad because that son and kane are like two of the best in the league and i just 
feel bad that they just can't get it done and they have nothing to show for how great they've been. But um, they'll probably finish fourth or fifth or sixth. I don't see them in the top three. Yeah, so uh, Brighton and Hove Albion have a tough schedule coming up. So they play Tottenham at the weekend. On the following week, they play Brentford, which should be an easy win. Um, they play Nottingham Forest, which should be an easy win. But then they have Manchester City, Chelsea, Wolves, and Arsenal. Uh, those games are consecutive. So that'll be the biggest test to see if Brighton uh, can maintain their current run of form. Um, and for Tottenham, it'll really just be up to uh, performing when it matters because it doesn't matter if you win against, I forget who they played uh, match week one in the Champions League, but they won and everyone said, oh, this is this is Tottenham Hotspur's year and, you know, uh, Conte is going to win us the win us the title. And well, now now look at them. Um so I think for Tottenham, they don't really have a, a, a difficult schedule in the Premier League coming up. They have Brighton, as I mentioned, this weekend. They play Frankfurt next week uh, in the Champions League again. Uh, they play Everton, Man U, Newcastle, and then they play Sporting in the Champions League. So uh, that's it for the top four. Um, I want to just touch on Champions League just a little bit. Um Recently, we saw a few teams kind of uh, not perform as well as we thought. I personally want to touch on uh, uh, Juventus first. Everyone has been able to see Juventus struggling currently. Um, They currently sit 7th in Serie A. They never replaced Paolo Dybala. Uh, once Dybala left in the summer to go to the rivals Roma, Juventus have not been able to give the ball to their forwards. Um, and when the, your forwards are, or is Vlahovic, the, the young, I think he's Swiss or Hungarian, um, you know, you need that performer in the midfield. They signed Leandro Paredes from PSG. He hasn't really done much, but they have Weston McKennie in the midfield, and that's really it. And Paul Pog was out on injury. Andrian Rabio is terrible. Um, so, Sebastian, they Juventus currently sits um, third in their group. PSG and Benfica are above them, both with seven points. Juventus have three. Juventus play Maccabi Haifa coming up next. That's going to be an easy win. But is there a way that Juventus uh, can can make it past the group stage and somehow beat Benfica and somehow hold on against PSG? Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, it's always tricky, this kind of stuff, because uh, I personally think that Juventus could. I mean, they just beat they just beat uh, Maccabi Haifa yesterday, 3-1. Um, so I think that with that win, like it's not like the team that they want to win against because it's an easy win for them. But uh, a win is a win, and it gets the ball rolling. Um, so I think that they can translate that with, you know, Benfica and possibly PSG. Um, but 
realistically, I don't think that they're, they leave the group stages. You know, PSG got a solid roster. Benfica is on a roll with two, tie, two wins and a tie. Um, I think, I think Juventus got their work cut out for them. I think they could, they could, if they, if they really, if they dug down and, you know, grinded it out, but realistically, I don't think they get out. Now I'm going to go to Barcelona, your Real Madrid rivals. They currently sit third in their group as well. Three points above them is Inter and Bayern. Bayern with nine points, Inter with six points, uh, the next game is against Inter Milan. They just lost 1-0 uh, off of a scrappy goal by Chanelolu. Um Barcelona has been struggling of recently. Uh, in La Liga, they're playing well. But when it comes to the Champions League, when it comes down to it, it just seems that Barcelona uh, are still in that rebuild stage after Messi left. Is that how you see it? And Kieran, we both said uh, in our last podcast together when you came on, we both said that Inter Milan was, you know, when when we covered Group C, we kind of went in detail with Bayern and we went in detail with Barcelona, and we both said to each other, "I don't really have anything to talk about Inter Milan." Do you? And you said, "No, it's just Inter Milan. I don't think they're going to do anything. They they could possibly do something, and they could advance, and they could kick Barcelona out." Um, we know Bayern is a savage when it comes to Champions League. Um, so do you think that, that Inter has what it takes to see themselves out of this group? Um, I So I think when, when we looked at that last time, it was like, <clears throat> um, I don't know. It was It was – Sort of where I was looking at their their domestic, like they were in like eighth or ninth at the time. And I think they're still in like seventh or eighth. <clears throat> but um, I think that game against Barcelona was huge, even though they kind of Barcelona just didn't have a really good like game plan. I feel like in that game they were like trying to like out just out possess them and like yeah, here we go like the Liverpool connection. Liverpool they can't score, so they just like. They just outpossess everybody. You look at every game, and then but then they just can't score. And I think Barca was trying to play that game with them, where they were like, "Oh, let's just keep the ball, and we'll just keep, we'll eventually get one." And then when you and then that all changes when you get scored on, and then you're like, "Oh, well, now I'm playing catch up." And like, just I just don't think they had a good game plan going into that game. 
So I still think they'll get out of the group. I really like they still have to play them again. And Inter has well, everyone has another game against each other, obviously, but um I just think it's gonna be close, but I, I think Barca will get uh, at least uh two more wins against the Victor- Victoria and Inter. Uh and Bayern's obviously don't need we need to talk about them, but uh I still think Barca is going to get out. I think I think they'll kind of figure it out and um, win those win those two games that they need to win. Yeah, I I could definitely agree with that. And I also think that uh, when you look at Barcelona, um, you know they still have a coach who is regarded as one of the brightest and smartest football minds ever to to see the game. Um, Sebastian, your your big boys, Real Madrid. Uh, they broke the hearts of many last year, including mine. They broke my heart into a million pieces and then th- threw it out the window and then drove a bus over it. Is this Real Madrid's year again? Thank you for bringing up last year because that was some of the best I've ever seen. I don't think I was more ecstatic than when they came back in less than three minutes. Like that was the best. Um, but, um, you know, they're playing solid, you know, they got three wins under their belt um, right now in champions league. They're second in La Liga. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll go far. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't realistically, I don't see, them winning Champions League for another three years. Um, don't get me wrong, their roster is solid. Um, but, you know, every every great dynasty comes to an end. And um, I, I, yeah, realistically, I don't think this is their year. They're playing solid, don't get me wrong, but I see them, I see them going semifinals, maybe finals, but I don't think they're winning. So then who beats them? That's a great question. Um, with, you know, with everything that's going on, I mean, Napoli's got three wins. Club Bruges has got three wins. Bayern's got three wins. Um, Sadie's got three wins. I could definitely see a, I could definitely see Man City coming for some revenge. So, you know, you never know, but yeah, I don't, I don't see this. I don't see this one being their year. Wow. That was not the answer I was expecting. Um, I try I, to be unbiased. I try to be unbiased, but don't get me wrong. I want them to win. I would love if they won again, but I don't know. I don't see it happening again. I mean, Barcelona's killing it right now in 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 La Liga, so I don't think that Real Madrid's going to win La Liga. So you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say something now, like very neutral, because if I like boast about it and then it doesn't happen, then both of you are just going to be like, yeah, look who is right. So, Because <laughs> you know I definitely would. Um, so let's head into the biggest topic of the week. And I hope you all came prepared for this one. Uh, as we're going to be talking about our top 11, our starting 11 in the Champions League. 
um, of every player, every team, who we would pick if we had the choice to put a team on the on the pitch. You can use any formation you want. You can pick any player you want. You could even pick a player on the reserves. But that's up to you. Um, but who you think has played the best so far in the Champions League this season. Um, as we know, the talent in the Champions League is the best in the entire world. That's why it is called the Champions League. This is not an easy decision for a lot of people to uh, to make as there is a lot of talent across the entire board. When you look at Napoli, they have talent. Liverpool have talent. Bayern Munich, Inter, Barcelona, Chelsea. So I... I'm very intrigued to hear your 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 boys' answers, um, Sebastian. You were just we were talking about it earlier, um, so why don't we why don't why don't you tell us your starting eleven first? All right, <clears throat> I'm just gonna rattle off the names and then I'll get into why I picked them afterward. Um, so I'm going with a classic four three three. In goal, I have Neuer. My two center backs, Pepe and Ramos. My outside backs, Jao Cancelo and Carvajal. My midfield, I've got Indombele from Napoli. We've got Enzo Fernandez from Benfica. And I've got, oh, I, did, I forgot to put one here. Forgot to put a third person. Uh oh. Um, and I got, oh, that's right. I got Koke from Atletico Madrid. Um, and then for my, for my forwards, I've got Dembele from Barca, Sadio Mane from Bayern and Holland from Man City. So I picked Neuer because while he is on the older side and a little more of a veteran, um, in Champions League, they have zero goals against them. So that's that. That's a, that's a testament for both their defense and for their um, goalkeeping his goalkeeping ability. Pepe and Ramos, you know, OG OG Real Madrid boys. I th- feel like they would have great chemistry. Also with Carvajal in the back, great chemistry. Jao Cancelo, like you said before, amazing playmaker. You know, he makes he does what he needs to do. Indombele um, from Napoli in the midfield. He's quick, you know. He he's a he's a great playmaker. Enzo, same thing with Enzo Fernandez. Um, Holland up top, you know, he's probably going to be in your guys' top eleven too. Um, he's just unreal. I maybe I'd maybe sub him out for Lewandowski, but Holland is a crazy talent. Uh, Sadio Mane, Bayern. He's been he's been performing very well for them, scoring in almost every game, as well as Dembele for Barca. Um, they're just getting up on the score she- uh, score sheets, and they're just really performing. So, yeah, that's my that's my starting eleven. Who was your right back? Um, Carvalho. Yeah, I I actually don't really mind that starting eleven. I I liked how you kind of went across the entire board. You didn't just pick the big names because I kind of just went across and picked all the big names. Kieran. Let's let's hear your starting eleven. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent prepared for this. 
Um, so I was I was looking at because okay. So if you're I was I went with Neuer too, but you could go with the only guy that has not conceded a goal. Does anyone know who that is? <laughs> Simon Miguelay. This guy, he's coming. He's coming for blood. This guy, <clears throat> he's at Bruges. Bruges, he's not conceded a goal in the Champions League, and he has, and he has three clean sheets. <laughs> but no, nah, you got to go with Neuer too. I mean, Bruges like is just like a weird team that he, he's he's going to concede one sooner or later. Um, and then definitely Cancelo at left back. Um, then in the in the defense. Uh, and also, I have Di Lorenzo at right back. He's been playing really well for Napoli in all their games. Um, in the defense, I, I don't really, I don't really know because I feel like it's kind of a lot of these teams are not using the same defenders in like all their lineups when they're playing. Like, because you look at City have like, um, like kind of alternated their center backs in like every game. Even they've like they like yeah, it must be nice, right? They uh. They've conceded like one goal, but I mean, you could probably go with, um, I don't know, maybe like Pepe's been playing really well for Porto, so that's a good one. I mean, uh, I'm, I feel like you could put a lot, you feel like you could put a lot of people in this spot, maybe like tomorrow. I feel like Milan's not in the top two, but I feel like the Milan defense hasn't been playing terrible, so you could be like maybe Tamori there or something. Um, and for going across the midfield, um, geez, so many people you could put in these spots. I feel like the, uh, the attack is much easier in the midfield. You go with like, like Kimmich, like De Bruyne and, Di Maria has been playing really well. Does he play in the midfield for Juve? Or is he, do they kind of have him on a wing spot? They kind of have him on the wing spot, mostly. Yeah, well, I guess I won't. I won't, I won't, break, I won't break tradition. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, Musiala. Musiala has been playing out of his mind for Bayern. Let's put him in the midfield of the Champions League. And then the, the attackers, uh, Hollins. Don't even don't even get me started. Uh, Sane playing really well. Leroy Sane up top, or out in the wing, or the I guess you could put him in the midfield. But let's just put him at let's put him at right wing. And then Mbappe, Mbappe on the wing. Wow. Well, I don't even remember the team to be honest with you. The name that name wasn't <laughs> for you, but we're sticking with it. Okay, it's not bad. Um, I, I I'm not sure why you 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 say Holland like you're upset about it, like you you it just pains you to say his name and to acknowledge how good he is. I don't get it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyway, all right, last but not least, the best starting 11 right here. So, up top, I'm going to start up top. 
Left winger, I got Leroy Sané, the Bayern Munich man. He's absolutely stellar. Um, up top, and the number nine position, Kieran, do you want to say his name for me? Erling Braut Haaland, uh, playing number nine. Right winger, I have Raspadori uh, from Napoli. In the midfield, I have KDB, obviously. Uh, Sadio Mane, another Bayern man. And Luka Modric. Um, defense, left wing, uh, left wing back, Joao Cancelo, of course. Center back, Matthias De Ligt. I love that man. Uh, next to him, we got Verge. On the right back, I went Di Lorenzo as well. I really like how he plays at Napoli. And playing in the back, at the starting goalkeeper, number 99 for Benfica, Vlacadimos. He's my starting goalkeeper. You really clowned Liverpool's defense for like the first half of this, for the first half of this podcast, and then you finish by saying you want Van Dyke in your in your back line. In my defense, I didn't say anything against Van Dyke. All I said was that he could not find a good partnership with anyone on the field. I never said anything about Van Dyke. Van Dyke is a great defender. He's one of the best at the moment. He struggles at times, but I think in the Champions League. If, if we're, we're talking about Champions League, League form, we're not talking about Premier League form, we're talking about Champions League form, I go Van Dyke. Okay, that's respectable. That's respectable. Yeah, Van Dyke knows a little something about winning the Champions League. Wow. Jeez, coming through from my throat. Uh, all right. Well, gentlemen, why don't we make that our last call? Guys, thanks for tuning in today. Gentlemen on the pod, thanks for joining me today. Always enjoy talking soccer with you guys. Um, Pitch Blitz supporters, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys next time.